Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, we'll be looking at the B part of that verse. Remember the A part of the verse, praising God and having favor with all the people. The B part is, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I expressed, I believe last time and perhaps several times, that this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I'm certainly excited about it. Uh, the title of this this lesson, this message is "And the Lord, and the Lord." The it's an it's an amazing thing thing. It's an exciting thing. If you dissect this portion of God's word out, you see that the Lord saves. It's it's very simple, very simple, um, uh, very simple diagram that we have here. If you go back and and and, and just remember what has happened so far in the book of Acts, going back to, to chapter 1, the Lord uh, had all those people together there. He had uh, the apostles, that is, together and, and said, look, I, 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 I'm commanding you to go to, to Jerusalem. Don't depart from there. And they say, is now the time of the kingdom? He said, no, it's not for you to know that, but you'll receive power or ability to, to broadcast my name, to be witnesses of me everywhere and anywhere, starting here and going there. And then they went to that upper room. They're all together in one place, and they were, they were replacing Judas. And as they replaced Judas with Matthias, you see there that a, a local body is, is under the direction of the Holy Spirit is, is governed by the Word of God. And you had there, you see the local church there of that some 120 exercising uh, a local body authority there. Chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was come, they were all together in one accord, one place. And they then, being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, they told the wonderful works of God. And you can see that. And it says in verse 11, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were sharing the gospel with all. Peter, in his address toward the crowd there, explains what's going on. He tells them in verse 21, It shall come to pass that whosoever is called in the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the question one would have to ask then is, say, from what? Why do need, people need to be saved? And then he tells them in the following verses. God and his foreordination, and according to his determinate counsel and foreknowledge, offered up Jesus Christ to save his people. But men wickedly behave themselves and deserve to be judged or punished. So then, what shall we do? Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or because of forgiveness of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Again, that order, someone repenting in the new birth, they would then be baptized and then receiving the Holy Spirit as was as dedicated unto the church of God, right? The, or meaning the, the Lord's assembly. He promised his assembly would would come unto his people, the comforter specifically to his local church. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized. One does not gladly receive the word unless they have first been born again, and that from the Spirit. We know that when we studied John chapter 3. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. So those that were born again had repented of their sins, trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of God, gladly received his word, and were baptized. Now members of that first and only local assembly that God Almighty had started. And here you have every soul uh, you know, is continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. That is a local church function. Now we see, again in our verse, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So the Lord saves. The Lord saves. If we were to recall what we studied in Luke chapter 24, verses 44, 45 through 48. Luke chapter 24, verses 45 through 48. Then the Lord opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. It's the Lord who opens understanding. It's the Lord that opened the hearts of the men and women, boys and girls, in Acts chapter 2, that they would gladly receive the word, right? Men don't open their eyes. We could study this all day long, but our eyes would not be open. I was speaking with a man just yesterday concerning those in Matthew chapter 24, of the, the ten virgins. Five of them, they were virgins, 
and yet they had no oil in their lamps. And it was talking of matters concerning the kingdom of God. So just because someone it appears upright in their conduct, it doesn't mean that they necessarily have oil in their lamp or that they necessarily have the spirit of God or God opening their understanding unto the scriptures. There are very many uh, virgins, if you will, that will uh, plunge headlong into the, the gates of judgment. Those that have never spoken an ill word, those that have never smoked a cigarette, those that have never violated the laws of men, those that even their righteousness is comparable to the righteousness of the Pharisees, yet no oil in their lamp, no Holy Spirit being born again, their understanding being darkened. But you see that God Almighty opens understanding even to the people of God. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. The gospel, the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. Go all the way back uh, to the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. They should have died. An animal died instead. It's a declaration of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. You sing. Uh, the Christ coming. And that repentance and remission of turning and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. The duty of man is to, uh, specifically through his assembly, is to broadcast the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the works of God that we believe him. Remember, we read that in John. What you want to work the works of God? What's the works? Believe, what's the uh, doing the works of God that we would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? That is the work of God. Men are sinners, right? Men, men can only behave in a sinful way. Back in our text chapter, Acts chapter 2, and verses 22 through 23, uh, this, this is the very best of men. This is the very best any of us could do. Him, Christ, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Why did they do that? Because when, when Pilate said, this is your king, behold your king, they said, we have no king but Caesar. They would not have God to rule over them. Therefore, they desired to rule among themselves. That's exactly what happened in the garden. Adam said, I will not have God rule over me. I, des I desire to be like a God. I desire to be like him. I will rule myself. So they committed Adam's sin or the, the similitude of Adam's sin, desiring to put away God from themselves and thus rule themselves how they deem fit. You have taken by wicked hands of crucified and slain. By wicked hands, every man, woman, boy, or girl that has ever lived except Jesus Christ lives in sin, loves sin, desires to, to be under, uh, excuse me, clean from under the rule of God Almighty and do things their own way. Here again the gospel whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible, it was not possible that he should be holden of it. So God's gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is more powerful than the works of the wicked hands of men. Thank God for that. People have an idea that there is no such thing of irresistible grace. The grace of God, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, is greater than any sin that could ever be committed. Why do we say that? Paul himself said he was the chiefest of sinners, didn't he? And God Almighty, to evidence those that would come after, or those that were in logical order, lesser sinners than Paul, could be saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I say could be, will be, such as good and pleasing in his sight. All those he died for shall be saved. So men are sinners, they're in need of a, a Savior. When, when Peter again said, it shall come to pass that all uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, all men stand in need of salvation. Who grants, who grants that one would call upon the name of the Lord? Look over, if you would, to the book of Joel. Brother Adam, Brother Gary, page 907. The book of Joel. The book of Joel, chapter 2 and verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call, upon, call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, shall be saved, shall be rescued. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. As the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. So the whosoever is the same of those that the Lord had elected unto salvation. So then who grants permittance to call upon the Lord? It's God himself. 
the remnant whom he shall call, he shall grant repentance and shall grant them the ability by the power of God to call upon the name of the Lord. That's a wonderful thing for a desperate sinner. For someone who has something yet to offer unto God, or so they think so, that's, that's pungent, that's noxious uh, to their nostrils. But know that Jesus is both Lord and Christ. You see this, and it's evident in verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom ye have crucified. All you could do is wickedness. He's both Lord and Christ. That word Lord means owner and possessor of all things. Literally, owner and possessor of all things. And being Christ, he is the anointed one. He is that one in whom one shall call. Who shall call on the name of the Lord? Not calling on the name of Bob, not calling the name of me, not calling the name of you, not calling the name of Allah, not calling the name of, of George Washington, or not calling the name of anyone else. You can call governors, you can call presidents, you can call anyone. But there is none that one can call upon save the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. One must be exhausted otherwise. One will not call upon the name of the Lord unless they are otherwise exhausted. I'm convinced that when the Lord and when he calls his remnant in the day of their salvation, they don't have a hokey pokey salvation. They don't have a 90% in the Lord and a 10% in their baptism. They don't have one foot in, one foot out. But Jesus Christ and he alone is their salvation. I believe that, that one calling upon the name of the Lord unto salvation by the power of God, knowing he is both Lord and Christ, acknowledges him in his deity, sees that Jesus isn't a son of God. He is the son of God. He is God Almighty in the flesh. We saw that when we were finishing up our study in the book of John. Look in John chapter 20, please, in verse 30 and 31. And many of, the, many of the signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God. How did he first articulate that? In John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, uh, in, in the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. This word again declares that Jesus himself, being the Son of God, is both Lord and Christ, and that he is God, being deity. Only God then can save a sinner from their sins. We know that the Lord saves. Again, the text, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. It is the Lord that saves. One cannot save by following the precepts of the Bible. It would be good you live a you live an upright life, but that won't save you. It is God who saves. It is the Lord who saves. And it's necessary that, that only God could save a sinner because no man could, that is, of themselves. But Jesus Christ being both deity, God that is, and man, he is faithful and just in his work as high priest. He is a, he is a faithful Person, he is a, a faithful a, a executor then of those things pertaining to God. Look in Hebrews, if you would please, in chapter two. Hebrews chapter two and verse fourteen. You'll see this: that Jesus Christ, being God Almighty, also being flesh and blood, he is able to save sinful men, being made after the same likeness. He didn't. He didn't save angels. He didn't save frogs. He saved men. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, God Almighty, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, that in his death, in his substitution, he was able to take away the powers or, or the ability of death, even the ability of Satan for his people, and deliver or save them through fear of death, but were all who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. 
Look here. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a, a merciful and faithful high priest. So merciful, exercising mercy toward his people, but also faithful or trustworthy, meaning every single person he died for to liberate them from death and to liberate them from the, the terror of, of their just consequences of their sin. He is faithful in things pertaining to God. If he, were to, if he were not able to save his people, then he would not be a faithful high priest. But he is. The Lord saves. He saves his people from their sins. Things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of his people. Thank God the Lord saves. And he saves completely. He saves totally. He saves according to the purpose of God. And not one single person Christ died for is it possible for him not to save them. It says, such as should be saved. It is the Lord that saves. In his deity, being God. In his manhood, being man. In his gospel. And that as a proper substitute, as a fit substitute, he is both able to, to save and save to the uttermost. He is able to do away and, 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 and make things pure before God. He is just and the justifier. There is no one that can lay any charge to, the, to God's elect. You can read that in Romans chapter 8. There is no man, according to the gospel, that can separate the people of God from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Again, Romans chapter 8. The Lord saves. The Lord saves. What a precious song. The Lord generally, though through man's lens, offers salvation. Look at this. There's, there's what you call a general call and an effectual call. Okay. So in the general call, it shall come to pass, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I don't know who that whosoever is. We just read in Joel chapter 2 and verse 32 that he knows the remnant whom he shall call. But the gospel is nonetheless preached. Peter didn't know of that crowd if any of them would call upon him or if this is the day that, the, that he would be carried away to a place he didn't want to go in a way he didn't want to know about, John chapter 21. But he knew that the Lord would save his people from their sins. And we know that also. That generally, that the call goes out, but God Almighty in the day of salvation shall save his people. That word should there. And the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. Well, that's not, well, I think that person should be saved and that person should be saved. I don't think that sh person should be saved. Who determines the should? Again, that's the Lord. The Lord determines that. The Lord grants repentance unto salvation. Look again there in verse 37. Now, when they heard this, it wasn't all the they, because we read of another, of another several thousand that are saved at another time. And we, we read in Acts chapter 4, there are those that heard these things and, and they, were, they were not at all inclined to believe the gospel, still yet in their sins. But when they, who? The remnant whom the Lord shall call. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and unto your children and to all that are afar off, but as many as the Lord our God shall call. There you see it again. The promise is to those who, who would be called of God. Who calls upon the name of the Lord? Who calls upon Jesus Christ? Those who the Lord our God shall call. The Lord saves. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Said a lot of things to a lot of people. Who believed? Those that the Lord had called. Who believes today? Those that the Lord calls. Amen. It would be tempting for me as a man to say, you know what, this, this building is bare because I'm not a very good speaker. Uh, it's because uh, I, I'm not this or I am that or whatever. It would be tempting. But what great assurance it is, children of God, that the Lord saves his people. And Peter, you could read through this and you say, wow, I'm surprised any believed that. You know, I'm surprised any believed that. He, he, he came across as a real jerk. It's not whether or not Peter was a jerk or not, whether these people were saved. It's the remnant whom the Lord shall call. They shall call upon the name of the Lord and they shall be saved. They shall glad to receive the word. 
I thank God that it's the Lord who saves. Was it the Lord who saved back in Noah's day? You better believe it. He called, he saved every single person he intended to the day that those waters came. The Lord saves his people. If someone's saved because they believe what I said, then they're as unsaved as they could possibly be. The Lord saves. The Lord grants repentance. You see, it was the Lord that granted repentance. You read that in verse 9. You see that in verse 41 that it plays out. Then they gladly received the word, were baptized. Well, who did? In verse 39, the be part, as many as the Lord shall call, they shall call upon the name of the Lord and shall be saved. Verse 21, the Lord saves. The Lord grants repentance. Look in chapter 11, please, of Acts. Acts chapter 11 and verse 17. Acts chapter 11, verse 17. After those of Cornelius' house, Peter's coming over telling them what happened. And these are people that were there in, in Acts chapter 2. They were there. Acts chapter 11, verse 17. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus, what was I that, that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then, God, then hath God also, mark that word, also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. That means that they were grant, they believed they were granted repentance unto life. And now these other people were granted repentance unto life. The, the Lord saves people. God saves people. I don't save people. The church doesn't save people. God saves people. He grants them repentance. He grants them a, 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 a heart that they would call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. He grants unto them the new birth. He draws them in faith and repentance in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. I thank God it's the Lord that saves. What a, what a wonderful, what a wonderful uh, idea. What, what a wonderful thing. And, and if, if the Lord saves, it's the Lord that saves, then we must also know that it's the Lord that keeps us saved. Right? Lex, if you saved yourself, you would have lost it immediately. If I saved myself, I, I would have lost it twice as fast, and I would have fallen twice as hard. I, I would have done so much greater than what, than, what, um, than what Adam did. He violated one command. I, 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 I violate the whole scripture. He had one command. I, I had the word of God. It says in the book of Hebrews, if we were to fall away to come back again, it would bring Christ to an open shame, doesn't it? There's no such thing as one losing their salvation than, than gaining it back and losing it and gaining it back, as some would say. No, the Lord saves his people and, and he, he adds to the church daily, such as should be saved. And verse 21, again, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved, delivered, rescued, brought out of the way. Years ago, there was a World Series that was going on, and, and uh, the, the manager for the, uh, for the um, San Francisco Giants, Dusty Baker, he had cancer. Uh, so the league permitted his son, who was three years old, to be a bat boy. Okay, so as one of the players was was coming in the home, there was a near collision with the catcher. But this three year old boy was running out to grab the bat that was right next to there. So as this player is running in, he grabs the child, does does some kind of move. And, and no one gets hurt. No one gets in injured. And it was it was everybody in the stadium. They forgot about baseball just for a moment because there was a child that nearly died there. I tell you what, you can't go. You can't go back in time and replay that play or or whatever. That 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 boy was rescued and rescued from that event, and that event could never harm him again. Why do we bring that up? When Jesus Christ in His sufferings rescues His people, He doesn't put them back in in harm's way according to the fall again. No, they are saved. They are delivered. There is no more replay. You see, delivered, saved, rescued, and that for all. The Lord saves. He, didn't, he doesn't save and say, you know what, I did my part, now it's up to you to keep it. No, He saves. Just as much as He saves at the first in the day of our salvation, He keeps us saved by the power of God. He keeps us saved. That's also a wonderful idea, again, because surely if the people of God were rescued, 
But then left to themselves, no doubt none of us would be truly rescued. As Judah said to his dad back in the book of Genesis, if I don't bring, if I don't bring this boy home, if I, don't, if I don't bring him home, then I'll bear the blame forever. No, Jesus Christ, the Lord, when he saves, he will bring his children home, else he would bear the blame forever. Look, if you would, please, in the book of John, chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. All that the Father has determined in, 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 the, in the halls of eternity, all of them, not some of them, all the Father give me shall come to me. Every last thinking one of them that I died for, Jesus is saying, shall be granted repentance, shall be granted life. They shall call upon the name of the Lord, and they shall be saved. And him that cometh to me by the power of God, with the new birth, with granted repentance, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out, shall never leave the presence of God throughout all eternity. Verse 44, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him. That's the forehand, the back end. And I will raise him up at the last day. He'll be mine and mine forever. Thank God that the Lord saves. Thank God. The same, the same God. Look, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The same God that saves his people from their sins adds to the church, the ecclesia. Now, this, for us to say then that the church here in chapter 2, verse 47, is a, is a universal body of people of all time that would believe on the Lord would be just a foolish statement. That word ecclesia literally means a called out gathering or assembly of people. There was a group of people in Jerusalem that were believers having baptism under authority. And we know it was under John's baptism because in chapter 1 they were looking for an apostle that had suffered John's baptism. So authoritative baptism from God sent to John and to his church. That local people, look in verse 41, then they gladly received the word, were baptized, that local assembly of baptized believers. The Lord was adding to that body, that local body of baptized believers daily, such as should be saved. That's a natural conclusion then to know that this is a body, a local body. There's someone, and I'm glad it's the Lord that adds to the assembly. Because, uh, you know, if I try to add to the assembly through means and measures or whatever, then I, then I forgot the first part of this message, didn't I? It's the Lord that saves, then it's the Lord that adds to his assembly, right? Just as much as if I, if I, can, uh, if I can save somebody, then ultimately they're going to be miserable at the preaching of the word of God. Likewise, if I add someone to this assembly, uh, then they would likewise be miserable. No, it's the Lord that adds. Many people add themselves either with wicked intent, nefariously, or with good intent, but self-added nonetheless. I've known many people that evidently were self-added unto the assembly. But it's the Lord who truly adds. And if the Lord adds someone to his assembly, just as, listen, listen carefully, just as much as the Lord saves his people and will not let them go, if the Lord adds someone to his assembly, truly adds them, that even in corrective measure, they will never go at the last. What did, what did we read in 1 John? Right? Look over in 1 John. Okay? Please. 1 John. Let's see. And... 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 18, little children is the last time. And as you have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now there are there many Antichrists or opponents of Christ, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they're not all of us. What is that saying? If the Lord truly asked, if the Lord has truly added me to his assembly, he will keep me in it. And when I am wrong, this church will exercise discipline toward me, but I will be restored under chastisement and be brought back into it. He will not permit. If he is adding, no man can take away. You see? 
So I have seen a handful of times in the, in, 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 the, in the course of time that someone truly is disciplined, they truly do repent, they truly are uh, restored back into proper fellowship into the, the house of the Lord. But if someone says that they're a child of God and they say the Lord added them to the assembly and then they can go out and no longer be part of the assembly, then I would submit to you the Lord didn't add them because he, would, he will keep. Just as much as he'll keep a soul, he will keep his people. Is that logical? I think it is. If he is able to add to, if he's able to save those that should be saved, never letting them go, he's also able when he adds to maintain that addition. And again, I understand that people at times are disciplined, and I understand that at times that, that we sin and we backslide and we fall away, but the Lord knows how to handle his people. And when he adds, he keeps them added. He doesn't divide. The, Lord, the, the, the spirit of division is satanic. God Almighty doesn't divide unto the church. He adds unto his local assembly. And truly, if someone is added, no man can take away. That is, if someone is added by God. So who is adding who? Who, who adds who? We, those are questions that we have to answer. Of course, we know that there is no fault in God, and we know that there's no sin in God, and whatever he does is right and good, and it shall be forever. So if the Lord adds someone to his assembly, then they are added, just as much as if he saves someone, they're saved. That makes sense to me. And he adds for a particular function. If you would, please look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, kind of a lengthy reading, but we'll get through it here. In Acts chapter, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, He's speaking of a local body, the church there in Corinth. He's not talking about universalism and that kind of garbage, but he's talking about the local body. Okay, For as the body is one and hath many members, all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So if someone was using this for universal uh, context, then what is the function of a member of a body that's in Germany right now to us? What is the, that function? But your local body has a function among itself. Everything in your body contributes to the body because it's local and it has need and function. Likewise, as the local body. So it was in, in uh, Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, so it is in Silsby here today. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles. So the Spirit of God saving us from our sins. Then baptized, literally, we, we, we suffered the baptism of John and, and through authority, all members of this local place here today, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink of, into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. I, this, this body isn't me. This isn't my church. This is the Lord's assembly here, and every member in particular. Again, if the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. You can't say, well, because I'm not this, I'm not that. No, still part of the body. But look, every member, what I want to get here is every member has a function. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not of the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it ple hath pleased him. Mark that verse. Mark it. Why? Because God sets, if you go back to our text, and the Lord added to the church daily, the local assembly in Jerusalem daily, such as should be saved. Verse 18. But now hath God, years later, he's speaking to the church in Corinth, and now hath God set members, every one of them in the body, the local assembly as it hath pleased him. Who adds? The Lord does. It's not because I'm this or that. It's not because I'm not this or that. It's not because you're this or that or not this or that. The Lord adds to his assembly. It would be super easy, again, for someone to get disgruntled and say, oh, I don't know, there's just a few of us. The Lord adds to the church daily, That's right. such as should be saved. Amen. That's an exciting thing. If we add because we got gimmicks and steak dinners and a bouncy house out back, then that's a terrifying thing. The Lord's adds daily. And if all were one member, where were the body? But now are the members yet one body. Members that the Lord saved and the Lord's added. The Lord added. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the hand, the head, to the feet, I have no need of thee. Every member, again, in a local sense. 
To say that this is a universal body, how in the world is a, a universal body in, in North Carolina or West Virginia or middle part of Texas or Oklahoma, how in the world are they benefiting this body? No, local body. Nay, much more of those of the body which seem to be more uh, feeble or necessary. And those members of the body which are which we think are honorable, upon those these bestow more honor, abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered. That word tempered, again, that that word's important. That word tempered means composed. He put together the body together. He adds to the church daily as should be saved, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. The Lord adds. There's need of one for another, literally wanting the best for each other in Christ. That's what the body is supposed to be. We're supposed to teach each other of Christ, the least being the first. No schism or division, but all working together for one another in Christ. That's, that's what they having all things in common. It was the, the fleshing out of those things. Then diligently preaching the gospel, we should rest in the Lord for his increase. We should believe this every day. The Lord will add to his church daily such as should be saved. I believe Peter believed that. I believe Luke believed that. Luke wrote this book. I believe he believed that. I really do. And as he was as he was uh, telling this to, um, to Theophilus, as we read in, in the opening chapter, I, I believe he was trying to teach Theophilus these things. And believing that the Lord will save his people from their sins, and believing that the Lord will add to his church daily such as should be saved, it is the diligent work of the people of God to broadcast the gospel, preaching what? Repent and be baptized, which is exactly what John the Baptist taught. It's what Jesus Christ taught. It's what Peter taught. It's what Paul taught. It really is. It must be an act of the Lord. The flesh... It's selfish, it's proud, it loves the preeminence, it wants to be first place, it's destructive, it's hateful, vengeful, spiteful, and bitter. Yet the work of the Spirit, the work in the Spirit evidences spiritual behavior, and the spiritual behavior evidenced in Acts chapter 1 is gladly receiving the Word, calling upon the name of the Lord with God-granted repentance and desiring to serve Him through His local assembly with all fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. Also notice that the Lord only adds to the church saved people. See that? I mean, I think we've already covered that, but that's the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The Lord doesn't add unsaved people. He doesn't add, add unsaved people. This is a natural conclusion. If the Lord saves, and he does, and if the Lord adds to his church, and he does, then the Lord will add saved people to the church such as pleasing in his sight. He will only add people who have called upon the name of the Lord, whom he granted repentance, and whom he called. He will add them, and they will gladly receive the word, and will be baptized. Acts chapter one and verse forty-one, or chapter two and verse forty-one. Then they that gladly received were baptized. Again, the last part of verse thirty-nine. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Verse twenty-one. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the Lord saves people. The Lord adds. His, pe his people to his church, and he only adds saved people to his assembly. And praise the Lord for that. But how many times are, pe are unsaved people added to the Lord's assembly? It happens all the time. Men, men's harder, and I say this as a man, our hearts are desperately wicked. We can convince ourselves of quite a bit. But the Lord adds saved people to his assembly. I'll be honest, I don't want unsaved people added to this assembly. And I wouldn't want people who don't gladly receive the word added to this assembly, right? Just, just to have more bodies and breathing, breathing, breathing bodies in, the, in this building. No, we want people here. We, I, I would desire this membership consists only of those that gladly receive the word and those that have been added daily to the church, such as should be saved. Now, how, how do we see to that? Again, we administer the gospel. We tell every sinner, repent and believe the gospel. Then they that gladly receive the word, being granted repentance and calling upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved, and they'll desire to follow suit. But we shouldn't desire that unsaved people be added to this assembly. It'd be miserable for all parties. And I think we've learned that, that unsaved people in the assembly makes it, makes it very uh, undesirable 
and even miserable for everyone. We don't try to meddle in the Lord's work. It's the Lord's work to save people. It's the Lord's work to add people. If they have questions, we should be ready at every minute to answer those questions. But no one should be added under duress or no one should be added under pressure. It should be a glad thing, someone receiving the word, that they would follow the Lord, serving him in his local church. When by the power of God, people glad to receive the word, we'll baptize them. They'll testify, have the work of God in them, we'll, we'll testify. And, 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 and all the people, look, in verse 43, verse 42, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and, and breaking of bread and prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men and as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. It should be the desire of the children of God that every single member, that we would, in gladness and singleness of heart, we would continue in those things. But I tell you what, if we're adding unsaved people to the assembly, they won't be glad. They won't have singleness of heart. It'll be me, 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 I, 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 controversy. They'll be split, fractions, hard feelings, and whatever. No, serving the Lord through his assembly won't be a hardship, but a glad thing to the people of God. Because it'll be God that does it. And he's not the author of confusion or division. You want to see saved people? Wait on the Lord to save, broadcast the gospel. You want to see people added to the Lord's assembly? Wait on the Lord, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel of repentance and baptism for or because of the remission of sin. Share the gospel by preaching it. Preach it that men shall call upon the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 10. We've read this many times. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call upon in him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Well, again, that's the authority through the local assembly. We've read Matthew being sent. I believe this is a local church command yes every child of god is commanded to testify of what great things god has done for us but this is a local authoritative church command matthew chapter 28 verse 18 and jesus came and spake unto them the local church there saying all power is given me in heaven and earth go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the father and of the son and of the holy ghost teaching them to observe whatsoever things i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world so when he, that's a, that's a local church thing. So whenever we read then in Romans in chapter 10, Romans in chapter 10, verse 15, it says, How shall they preach except they be sent as a local body with authority? I believe going all the way back to authority from heaven. We have been sent, children of God, to testify of these things. We, are, we have been sent to testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Others uh, feel like they have, but I know that we have. I know that I have. Again, not specifically to me in a dream or a vision, but through the authority of Jesus Christ through his assembly to testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ, preaching repentance and baptism, as he said, teaching them to observe all, all things whatsoever I've commanded you. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. That's the Lord's business. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith has God granted faith. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and the words unto the ends of the world. The voice of the gospel has gone. Have they all believed? No. Again, that's God's business. Why? Our text, the Lord shall, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I thank God here at the last that he does it daily. Did you catch that? The Lord added daily. The Lord added to the church daily. We should expect daily addition. Why? Because the Lord is able. We should expect daily if I expect daily that the Lord will save, then I then it's a reasonable expectation of me that daily I should proclaim the gospel. 
I believe as people were being, the Lord was adding to the church daily that the gospel was being preached daily. Do you expect the Lord to save daily? Well, preach the gospel daily. If I expect the Lord to save daily and he does so through the means of the preaching of the word of God, you see the responsibility of man, specifically the responsibility of the Lord's assembly to preach the word daily. Yes, it is the Lord who saves. Yes, the Lord grants repentance. And how shall they call on him in whom they have not heard? Right? We just read that in Romans chapter 10. And that's through God-given repentance. He, he saves daily. He grants repentance daily. He calls people unto obedience daily. Chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins. Again, our text. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. They were daily uh, under baptism. They were to serve the Lord, uh, now being members of the local assembly. They were to live lives of obedience daily. The Lord does it. The title of this message again was, And the Lord. The Lord saves. The Lord adds. The Lord grants repentance. The Lord grants faith. The Lord grants obedience. The Lord does it. The Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Children of God, I, I can't tell you how exciting this is, how liberating this is. There's a bunch of people that think they're saved, and yet the Lord has not saved them. He only he saves the remnant. And we've used this illustration, the Matthew 7 illustration. Look up here, y'all. The Lord saves daily. There's the remnant right there. There's a whole bunch of people that have saved themselves through religion. The Lord saves the remnant on whom he shall call. I thank God that the Lord does save them. There's a bunch of people who think that they're in the Lord's assembly, yet they, uh, yet the Lord added the remnant. The Lord saves His people. He adds to the He adds to the church, and I believe He adds to His local church, His church, not not any old per- Bob's church or not Luther's or or Calvin's or whoever. He adds to His assembly that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. There's very few people, relatively, that fit the criteria of Acts chapter 2, verse 47b. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Very few people. The remnant that the Lord called unto salvation, and even fewer of those, because not all of those are part of the Lord's assembly. It's a, it's a remnant of a remnant. The elect of the elect, I believe, are, in, are added by God into his assembly. The Lord saves, the Lord adds. And I thank God for that. We shouldn't be proud in that at all. It shouldn't be an arrogant thing at all. We should be thankful to be part of that glad number. A thankful thing. We are to wait on the Lord, as a uh, not on our elbows, but, uh, but as a waiter. You go over to, to Munchies and you ask for a soft drink and it never comes, so that's bad service. Now they have good service at Munchies, I feel. So you order a soft drink, they'll bring it to you. We're to wait on the Lord. He told us to go and preach and teach and baptize in his name and he's with us until the end of the age. We're to do that. Wait on the Lord. Expecting that the Lord would add to the church daily such as should be saved. Because only he will and only he can. We ought to be thankful. I believe that the Lord will add to the church daily. Save people until the rapture. Right? That daily thing. The Lord added daily to the church such as be, should be saved. There are some people that believe that not just at the, at the last salvation of the last person in this age, but some people believe at the last baptism. I don't know either way. But when we baptized Adam a few weeks ago, I, 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 deep down I expected a trumpet call and, and he get dried off on the way up to glory. I don't know how that works out, but could it be that the last person who was added daily to the church such as to be saved, then's the rapture? I don't know. It would make sense. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But I know the Lord will add to his church daily such as should be saved until the time of the church age is over, which is the rapture. I believe that. Every stinking day, the Lord adds to his church such as should be saved every day i believe i believe acts chapter 2 and verse 47 continues unto this day there there is no stop date on that in a local sense local authoritative gatherings and and adding to those local bodies daily such as should be saved the center there are several quote members there have been several members of the assembly that, that by, by even by their own mouths, they testify that they were not saved. 
Their salvation was a self-calling. They stated they believed in Jesus. He did not call upon the name of the Lord. They did not repent. They did not continue in the apostles' doctrine. They were, again, as those five foolish virgins that had no oil in the lamp. All appearance of, of godliness. They were baptized, yet did not gladly receive the word. And where are they? Their adding to the church was of men. Was, it, there, was, was there a glad mom? Was there a glad dad? Was there a presumptive heart by emotion? Whatever the case, whatever the case, they were not saved by the Lord and they were not added to the church by the Lord. It was of men. If the work of the Lord is to add to the church saved people, then what is the work of man? To believe themselves alone, to, to feel themselves good according to their own thoughts and best efforts of salvation. To get wet and after evil conscience find notes of religion to soothe their own hearts. Many people follow in that and they lift up their eyes in torments. Here's the salvation that we speak of, that the Lord saves. That man's contribution to salvation is the fall and sin and wickedness and evil. That the contribution of salvation is 100% that of God Almighty, as we stated at the first, that the Lord saves. He grants repentance of the remnant whom he shall call. They shall call upon the name of the Lord and none other. There's a command unto sinners, repent and believe the gospel. But who shall hear that report? Sinner, I encourage you. I encourage you that you are wicked. And you desperately deserve the wrath of God. Who shall call upon the name of the Lord? Those that have been granted such. Do you see your need? Or are you okay? Well, having one that does repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of the Lord is what? That the Lord adds to his church daily, such as should be saved. The first command of salvation. Verse 38, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. The first command to a believer, repenting of their sins, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ unto salvation by the power of God. The first command of a believer is to be submitted in baptism to his local church. That's what he taught in, in Matthew chapter 28. That's what the Lord taught in Luke chapter 24. That's what he said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnessing unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And that's what Peter practiced in, Luke, excuse me, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Testifying of Jesus Christ to repent and be baptized, to submit to the local church. So, sinner, repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized for or because of, because of, not to receive forgiveness, but because of the forgiveness of sins, be baptized under the local church. The Lord does it. I don't wait on men. I wait on the Lord. I don't expect men to save themselves or add themselves I know and believe that the Lord added to the church and adds to the church daily, such as should be saved. Believer, I would encourage you to believe the same thing and joyfully continue broadcasting that precious gospel. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.